Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. episode, which is usually called En Route Excursions. Um, when we originally um, had it, it was kind of showing snippets, maybe of a mini um, broadcast. And I think we'll still do some of that. But um, I also want to maybe sometimes share some short essays. Um, doing podcasts, you don't want to end up kind of being um, vain, where it's basically listen to the sound of my voice. And, um, but I think sometimes there are things that are things I'm thinking about that I want to share that maybe you're thinking about as well. And um, that's kind of the purpose of this essay today. It is something actually that I wrote a few weeks ago um, that I've actually have since um, updated and it was actually written at the start of um, the hostilities between Ukraine and Russia. And um, now it's, it kind of got brought up again in um, this week as we kind of are hearing more and more. And I hear this from friends that I know, and um, I was talking to my husband about it. We hear more about, um, nuclear war. Um, and so I wanted to share this. I wrote something and I also wanted to talk about it myself because, you know, it's, um, as someone from generation X, in some ways your youth was framed, especially your teenage years were framed by the fear of nuclear war. Um, I was 14 when, um, the day after that movie came out, um, which I actually did not see I don't, because maybe the week or two before that, I saw maybe a two minute clip that is leads just up to right up to the moment of the, um, the mushroom cloud. And that was enough to just freak me out. Um, there was just something so realistic, even in those few minutes. And, you know, when on the 27th, um, uh, February, Vladimir Putin was putting his nuclear forces on alert. That rattled me, and it probably rattled some of you too. Um, it's something that's a little scary. Um, and as I said, I was speaking with my husband on Thursday, and we were talking about the, you know, he brought up the fact of 
how weird it seemed that he wants to do some work in the house and he's talking about work in the house when, you know, maybe we're not going to be around in a few weeks. And that is something, to be honest, I have not thought about in decades, um, ever since the early 90s. For someone in my generation, we kind of thought that this was um, over with, that this was something of the past. So I am going to share something that I wrote, um, and I will put the link to the essay itself. And um, I hope that you um, will give it some thought. So here is what I wrote, and it's called Ukraine and the Second Cold War. Um, and it, I, you know, in the kind of description line, it's a Gen Xer speaks to Generation Z about this scary new age that we now live in. I grew up with the specter of, of nuclear war. I'm a child of the 1980s, and that means that I'm a child of the Cold War. The fear that my hometown would, could be engulfed in an atomic fire was present throughout my youth. My mother would tell me stories about the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962, which took place about seven years before I was born. She lived in her native Puerto Rico at that time, and she talked about how scary it was to feel that we were stumbling towards a nuclear conflict. And luckily, the worst was averted. Everyone in my generation uh, in the 80s lived under this shadow of a world-ending conflict, and many of us were sure we weren't going to make it to adulthood. The movies of the early 80s were filled with stories on how the Cold War with the Soviets would go hot. There were the films that simulated a nuclear attack in the United States such or uh, other places in the world, such as The Day After and Threads. Red Dawn showed what would happen if the Soviets invaded America. And War, war Games in the first Terminator movie showed us how computers could put all of humanity at risk by starting, well, you guessed it, a nuclear war. Now, my husband is a native of North Dakota, and he uh, remembers the flat prairie of eastern North Dakota, where he grew up, being filled with missile silos. And of course, in those missile silos were ICBMs that were ready to be launched, um, heading towards the Soviet Union at a moment's notice. He also lived um, in a state that had two uh base air force bases that were strategic air command bases both of them had b-52s with nuclear weapons ready with all that atomic energy around him that my husband lived with the knowledge that if the worst were to happen he was assured that he and his family would be immediately vaporized but then something happened a new leader of the Soviet Union came to power. Mikhail Gorbachev was someone who, in the words of the late UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, was someone we could do business with. Here was a man that seemed to have an eternal smile on his face, which was so different than the stern leaders that had led the Soviet Union in the past. Paired with the avuncular Ronald Reagan, they came together as some sort of odd couple. I can remember seeing that image from November of 1985 
in Geneva at their summit. Ronald Reagan bounded down the stairs with a smile on his face and extended his hand towards Mr. Gorbachev. That handshake was the beginning of a changed relationship between East and West. Gorbachev then visited the United States and Americans were able to connect with him and his fashionable wife, Raisa. And then a few years later, in 1989, we saw change happening within the Warsaw Pact nations. Poland, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, democracy was flowering all over Eastern Europe in nations that had not known freedom for decades. And then came the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989. When Germany reunited in 1990, it marked the beginning of the end of the Cold War. And that officially ended on Christmas Day, 1991, as we saw the flag of the Soviet Union come down and was replaced by the Russian flag. Each of the republics of the USSR were now free to chart their own course. We entered the 1990s, a changed world. The US and Russia reduced the number of nukes. New nations were taking their first steps as independent countries free from Moscow's rule. Eastern Europe became free and democratic. And it seemed that Russia was no longer the enemy, but now was a friend. NASA sent astronauts to the Russian space station Mir, and together with other nations, both of our nations, we, we created the International Space Station. It seemed after, like after decades of dealing with the Romian, Russians as soulless totalitarians, we were able to see each other finally as true friends. My own fears of nuclear war faded into the background. Movies like The Day After now seemed anachronistic to an age where we were finally at peace with our sworn, sworn enemy. Then, in the early morning hours of February 24th, bombs started raining down on Ukrainian cities such as Kiev and Kharkiv. This marked the end of the post-Cold War period. Vladimir Putin struck, stuck a knife into the back of the international order and left it for dead. A 30-year era where we thought that democracy seemed to be on the march and peace was breaking out all over was gone. The world of the post-Cold War died on Thursday, February 24th, 2022, at the age of 32. Welcome to the Cold War II. For Generation X, things feel vaguely familiar. It's not the same, though in some cases it might even be worse, but it is similar. So to my Generation Z cohorts, this is what you should expect in the coming years. Russia is now going to be our enemy. They are an enemy that is cut off from the rest of the world economically. Your counterparts in Russia will no longer have the knowledge of what it meant, will, no, will have no knowledge of what it meant to live in the old Soviet Union. And this generation of Russians that were so used to easy access in the world towards Europe and the rest of the West will no longer have that. Defense budgets in the United States and other nation NATO allies will increase especially in those nations that are too close to, for comfort to Russia, like Poland and the Baltic states. 
But here is the big one. You're going to start to worry about nuclear war. Yeah, I know. You've worked about worried about climate change, but you're going to worry about nuclear war. Putin has even mentioned having a second Cuban Missile Crisis. I won't be shocked if we see a new version of the day after. You will become on edge, wondering when or if something terrible could happen. And you should get used to learning a new vocabulary with words, a new vocabulary like First Strike, DEFCON, Containment, Iron Curtain, Mutually Assured Destruction, Arms Race, Tactical Nuke. And you should get used to wondering if you will ever see adulthood. In many cases, the peace of the last 30 years was already slowly disintegrating. But at least until recently, we could at least pretend that the world was safe. We could pretend that the mushroom clouds were just a thing of the past. But on February 24th, 2022, the world changed. It's now a more dangerous place than it was before. This is a place where madmen rule and freedom hangs in the balance. It's a whole new world, but to me, it's also somewhat an old world, a world that I thought I would never have to revisit ever again. Let's pray that the world will not end in fire. So, uh, thank you for listening to that essay. One of the things that um, my husband said afterwards, we after we were talking a little bit more about remodeling and all this stuff, he then thought about um, something that he remembers. He is Lutheran. And there is something, an old saying from, at least is attributed to Martin Luther, that if he was present at the end of the world, he would plant a tree. Um, and I think the whole point of that is to kind of still focus on beauty, to focus on what is love and all of that, even in times when it seems hopeless. And I think that we are going to be in, we are entering challenging times and I don't have any answer of how that will turn out. But I hope that we can learn to plant trees, especially those of us who are Christians, to learn how to love, uh, to continue to love each other, to love others, um, and to do that, to not let the fear overtake us, even though it's present, but to plant trees. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to um, this special En uh, Route Excursions. I hope it wasn't too scary, but it's just something to think about. We are in a different era, and um, I am hoping that it does not end in a bad way. But we don't know, do we? All we can do is hope and pray. And live our lives to the best, to the fullest as we can, because we have no idea 
what could happen in the future. Well, that is it for um, En Route Excursions. Uh, there are more episodes to come. My name is Dennis Sanders, your host. Take care. Godspeed. And we'll see you soon. There's an uneasiness growing within today's parents. Questions arise around what our kids are being taught, exposed to, and influenced by. Thankfully, a fully engaged, well-informed parent is a powerful thing. And that's why I support Answers in Genesis, and I would recommend you do as well. Because it's important to remember that the battle for our kids' minds isn't one in the courts or the classrooms. It's one from the safety and comfort of our own home. So be the difference our kids need and visit www.answers.gift today.